This is your host, Jason Snurgrove, and I will be your guide as we journey down the road to pleasure hunt or hitting the long trail to those great cop hunts. This is the Coon Hound Collective. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Jason over at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. I'm here today to tell you about one of our sponsors, Cocky's Outdoors. Whether you need a few dog collars or the whole setup, they can fix you up. They have a wide range of products from hound hunting to fishing. My friends over at Cocky's Outdoors can help you out. You can order online at conkeysoutdoors.com. Call them at 904-692-1568, 904-692-1568, or if you're in the Haston, Florida area, go by and see them. Again, that's at conkeysoutdoors.com because we support Support people who support our way of life. Like you said, it's going to take hard hunters and people with uh, time. I mean, it's going to have to take getting off the couch, turning off the gun smoke, and hit the woods. I mean, it's going to, you're going to have to hunt. You can't uh, sit on Facebook and think you're going to make a coon dog bear because it won't work. <laughs> that voice you hear there is Mr. Jason King. Boy, what he said ain't true. I think I've been guilty of watching too much gun smoke and playing coon hunter on facebook a time or two but you're going to want to pull your boots up make sure your lights are charged because we cover all things that are leopard that he has to do with the walker dog that he's hunting and just hunting in general stay tuned we're about to hit the woods all right thank you for joining us today on the coon hound collective podcast today we're going to talk with mr jason king and we're going to have him join us via telephone hello Jason, how's it going? I'm doing great. I uh, can't complain, man. Jason, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from. All right, Jason, I'm from uh, southwest Virginia. I live in uh, Tasman County. I've lived in this area basically my whole life. Growed up here. It's just a quiet little town. Just, uh, you you know, just about everybody. And I've been fortunate and been blessed to, to be in this part of the country. A lot of hills. A lot of hollers, not a lot of flat ground, very few farms. Farms is uh, not really close. You have to do a lot of driving to, to get into farmland. It's just all mountains and hollers here. Yeah, well, that kind of sounds like the uh, terrain that I'm currently living in. I'm originally from southeast Alabama, so I'm, I'm from flatland farm country, but I live in southwest Missouri and the foothills of the Ozark Mountains. And as Brett Stevens said, in my previous podcast, you would have to uh, throw corn out of a sack to see, a cor- see any corn growing around here anywhere because <laughs> there, there's not none. That's right. We don't have no food source. Uh, uh, about the only thing we have for our coons to eat here is uh, acorns and uh, some. Uh, we got some uh, pokeberries and uh, wild grapes. Got some autumn olive bushes. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but uh, coon like them. Uh, we have a very big abundance of uh, black bear in our country, too. A lot of bear. We got a pretty good deer population here. Seemed to be a lot of squirrel this year, but our coons is very few and far between. Yeah, well, I definitely understand that. We have a, a thin coon population here uh, this year too. We had, uh, we believe, something like feline distemper or something come through and, and wipe them out. But uh, well, uh, how did you uh, how did you get started in the coon hunting? Uh, when I was a child, uh, you know, growing up, my grandfather. Uh, my dad, uh, they've always coon hunted about their whole entire life, and uh, they got me involved with coon hunting when I was uh, very young. I was I was roughly about four years old on my first coon hunting trip. I can remember it vaguely. Uh, we we treated a couple coon that night, and uh, I'll never forget the sound of them dogs. Uh, just 
start striking that track and treeing that coon. Uh, it just done something to me that night. I actually uh, got the, my, my my uncle. He bought me a cricket uh, chipmunk 22 rifle. I've got one of the original ones. I've still got it today. I, that's what I take coon hunting with me. But as growing up, you know, just got involved with different hounds. Uh, we always uh, just coon hunted in the fall of the year. Uh, then in the spring, we started uh, running rabbit beagles. And uh, we'd run rabbit beagles through the summer and just coon hunt in the fall. There's no uh, summertime coon hunting. I was never involved with none of that. We just pleasure hunted. That's all we ever done. Okay. Well, uh, that's kind of similar to 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 what I did. Um, of course, being from southeast Alabama, you didn't, you didn't want to really be in the woods too much you know in the summertime it was hot snakes and every other thing that was out there did, have you always had leper hounds or did you start with something different i we started out uh, mainly hunting walkers i owned some blue ticks had a real nice blue tick when i was about 13 14 years old and uh, hunted mainly walkers like i said i had a blue tick i tried a plot a couple red bones never was successful with them until I think I was about 15 years old. A friend of mine, he took me coon hunting with some mountain curs. There was a Kimmer stock of mountain curs. And once I hunted with them cur dogs, the, uh, the hounds, you know, I, I strayed away from the hounds. I, I devoted all my time into mountain curs. Uh, I liked the ability, the brains, and uh, how well they minded, uh, which we I never did on a tracking system. We just always went out and uh, either walk with the hounds uh, as we cut them loose or the cur dogs when, as I got older. Uh, they probably didn't hunt out probably about 150 to 200 yards, but up here in these mountains and stuff, uh, when you'd cut one loose, you'd just walk up the holler or walk down the creek, and uh, mainly on the ridges. Uh, hopefully that they'd get something struck pretty quick. Uh, we road hunted some too, you know, just rode the dog out in front of the truck. I done that up till I was about 19 years old. Then I started dating, and I actually quit coon hunting. Uh, I sold my my the last cur dog I had to my uncle, and uh, just got away from coon hunting altogether, squirrel hunting, and uh, I picked up fishing, started fishing. I fished quite a bit for several years. Then in 2015, a friend of mine that was working with me at that time, uh, he called me up. He said, "Hey, let's go coon hunting tonight." And I said, "I said, man, I said I haven't hunted in years." I said. I don't want to get involved back in that. I said, it's just, uh, just the, takes too much time, you know, to get started back into coon hunting. And I know what it, you know, I know you had to devote your time to have a good dog. And, uh, well, needless to say, he kept on nagging me and, uh, I ended up going with him. Uh, his name's Brody Dean. Uh, we got, we got out that night and we started coon hunting and he had a couple, he had a couple walker dogs. They got in there and got treed. Man, I remember walking up that hill and I was a little bit overweight at that time too. I about had three heart attacks walking up that mountain. Got in there, that dog treed. And man, I tell you what, it just lit the fire and I was right back hooked that night. When I when I left there, I was dead set on getting another hand. Yeah. Um, before we before we move forward on these leopards, those cur dogs that you were hunting, what, was y'all treeing squirrels with those in the daytime and coons at night, or were you just strictly coon hunting them? Uh, I was actually uh, I would squirrel hunt. Uh, squ I'd squirrel hunt the same dog. I'd squirrel hunt him and uh, coon hunt him both, and I never had no trouble with him treeing squirrel at night. I think, and he didn't open up on track none. I mean, he was just all nose, and I actually, I only had him open up on a coon track that I know of only one, only one time on a coon, and I mean, he, he actually drove that coon, it was, a, it was, in, it was late, it was late in the fall of the year, I can remember that hunt, uh, he struck that coon out in that holler, and uh, I mean, he drove that track, and 90% of them, they didn't make it, 
75 yards and he had them treed but that one there it run a good ways but they was very they was all tight mouth dogs yeah well i was listening to uh, mr steve filter with gone to the dogs podcast he had a guy on there that hunts cur dogs and they've always uh intrigued me some and i actually have a little leopard female here i picked up out of illinois uh that's just a puppy that i kind of want her to you know I've got a I got a piece of property here. I just let her run free. I kind of want her to tree squirrels and you know maybe be able to coon hunt her at night. But we'll see what happens with her. And th- that's kind of what pushed me towards towards getting one was the idea of it having some curved background where it would possibly tree squirrels and you know kind of hang around the house, be a yard dog and a hunting dog too. Right. Well, that's uh that, that was sort of the way it was with me when we uh when I started back hunting with my friend. You know I. I searched. I mean, I I dug back in some old books and started calling people. And, uh, you know, where I'd been out of it for several years of coon hunting, and uh, I was looking for that mountain cur or Kimmerstock mountain cur. It didn't really matter to me as long as it was a good-blooded dog. And I tried several different ones out of big-name dogs, and I spent a lot of money on it. Just was not successful. I mean, I would get them started, and there'd be something off. You know, there'd be something just not clicking right a friend of mine uh, he called me and uh, well he goes to my dad's church and uh my dad he's a pastor he called me up and he said uh, hey i got this dog up here he's a little walker dog uh, why don't you come up and try him and see if you like him i said nah i said i'm not going back to hounds i said i've had these curves these, these mountain curves for so many years i said i just can't I can't go back to a ham. He said, no, you'll like him. And I, I went up there and I tried him. And that night, that little walker dog, he treed, uh, he treed two singles by himself. He split treed one time. And I, I never in my whole life ever coon hunted with a dog that actually split treed. The dogs that I hunted with as a child, you know, they all treed together. And uh, they weren't none of this going over here to a dog treed with a coon back and forth. So uh, I seen that and I said, uh, told him, I said, you sure you want to give me that dog? And he said, yeah. He said, he's yours. And, uh, well, I took him home. I hunted that dog at fall from, uh, January to March. And, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I killed 47 coons with that dog. He was a really nice walker dog, very accurate. And he, but he didn't have papers. He was just a great dog. But, but needless to say, uh, he was really nice. And, uh, I overheard a guy talking about some, uh, leopard hounds and I really didn't know much about them. Another guy I went to church with, uh, J.R. Ellswick, he called me up and, uh, he said, Hey, I, I actually, me and my dad, we was on a fishing trip down in, uh, down in Tennessee. My buddy, he, that's when he called me. He said, Hey, I found you this, uh, dog. I said, where in the world is that? He said, it's in Georgia. And, uh, we got talking. I said, well, I don't have Facebook, and which he did. He said, I'll get his phone number. He messaged him. He got his phone number and I called him up. We started talking. His name is, uh, Eric Fuzz. Lives in Clark and Jordan. We started talking on the telephone. We uh he was telling me all the bad things about the dog. He said he he's treeing very little. He'll tree a squirrel or two, but uh, he's he's not really doing too good on coon. And uh, he said he's really not for sale. And I said, well, I said make me a price. I said I'd love to try one of them. He said, well, sir. He said I I tell you. He said I don't believe you'd really like this dog he'll eat you out of house and home and he just kept on giving me uh negative comments on him but something inside of me just said you need to get that dog and uh i i said i i got off the phone with him and i told dad i said i'm gonna call him back and just make him an offer and i called i called him back and he said hey he uh, he said well he said when do you want to come and get it? i talked to my dad and he said 
Then we'll drive down there tomorrow and pick him up. And we got in the truck. We was on that. Like I said, we planned on staying there a whole week and fishing. And we just got in the vehicle and left and drove to Georgia and picked up Moose. And when we got down there, that dog, uh, he got him out of the truck on paper. His name was Blackjack. Uh, when I when I got when we got down there and uh, we walked in this little restaurant and we was sitting down eating and talking and, and he had some other leopard dogs. You know, I like I said, I didn't really know anything about it. I mean, just coming in this thing blind. I didn't know what breed to go with or what pedigree to stick to. You know, all I was was just a, it was just a blank piece of paper. You know, just didn't know nothing about the leopard hound. And uh, we go out to the truck and he gets that dog out of the truck. And when he gets him out, he steps out on the ground. And he said, he said, boy, he's a big one, ain't he? I said, yeah. He said, he's big as a moose. I said, that's his name right there. And my dad, he said, oh, God. He said, I can't believe you're going to call that dog moose. He said, people think you're crazy. I said, well, I said, that's his name. Well, I was in a Jeep Wrangler. And uh, the whole way uh, when we when we put him in the truck, he just in the back of that jeep in the back seat. He just laid his head right between the seats as we was driving up the road. He just was a very loving type of dog. Just I mean, just just like a pet, basically. I mean, you wouldn't you you think a sixteen month old dog would be uh, just hyperactive, just ex- dying to get out of the vehicle? But he just laid there just like he known us his whole life we stopped up there beside the road got him out and let him use bathroom and just you know just i i just couldn't believe how well-mannered the dog was you know and it just really surprised me compared to the hound you know as the curds you know i said this dog acts just like the cur dogs that i had when i was you know 14 15 years old and uh, well we got going up the road we loaded back up and we got home and a friend of mine uh he called me when I was on the way home. He said, hey, he said, I've got this, uh, I've got a coon up here. He said, he said, won't you bring that dog up here and let's see what he'll do on this coon. I said, well, I said, he might not do nothing. I said, I really don't know. But I said, we got to get started with him basically like a pup because I believe that's all, you know, he had never had an opportunity uh, of none. And uh, as I was coming back up the road, coming to the house, uh, that guy called me from Georgia, uh, Eric did. He said, yeah, he said, I was going to tell you this. He said, I forgot to tell you. He said, yeah, when he was just, he said, the dog really hasn't had a chance. He said, he actually got on a cut over somewhere. Uh, they must have been down there in Georgia where they clear cutting. And he said he, he got a cut up the side of his leg. I think he had had like 50 or 60 stitches up the back side of his leg. So he was basically laid up. He was just a 16-month-old pup, really didn't know nothing. So I told him what I was going to do. He said, well, he might do something, he might not. Well, when I got home, I went to my buddy's house, and I got that coon. And I took him up on the mountain and turned that coon loose. And that and old Moose, he run that coon, and he treated And just like he'd done it his whole life. And I called Eric back and told him what he'd done. He was he was excited that uh, Moose had treated that coon. And from that day on, I, I just started hunting a lot by itself. I run into a couple guys that I've become really good friends with, uh, Jack Earls and Doug Dye. We started hunting together. I started taking Moose out with them. And, uh, uh, Moose, he actually, uh, he was running a track one night. My buddy hunts black and pans, and uh, that black, his black and tan was treed. And uh, old Moose, he was taking his track up this hawk. And I said, look how stupid that dog is. I said, he's going the wrong way. And I said, he's not going over here with this dog. He needs to be treated with this black and tan because it's got a coon. Doug was to tell me that he was independent and you know 
I didn't know nothing about the dog being independent. Like I said, I just always thought if one dog was treed, the other one should be treed with. So here I am watching this dog develop into what he is. And uh, he goes up there and he gets treed and he's got a coon. And uh, so I just petted him up, loved on him, and I just started seeing him progress. And that was in uh, May and June, oh, see here, May, June, July, August, I put him in his first hunt. And I won both casts when I put him in his hunt. I'd never been in a UKC hunt before in my life. Didn't know nothing about it. And uh, all I know to do was strike him and tree him. That's, all, that's the only two things I know. And I won first place uh, with his first two hunts. And then I went a couple weeks later to another one, and I made him a night champion with three first place wins. That was before the rules was changed. Uh, where now you just got to have cast wins. You got to have five cast wins. Back then you had to have at least one first and a second and a third to be able to night champion a dog. And uh, I just took the opportunity there. I said, you know, I'm going to sit back and just pleasure hunting. And I, that's what I want to do. I just wanted to pleasure hunt him and uh, not worrying about grand night. And that was, all, that was the least thing on my mind to even think about was grand night, making him a grand night. Well, my, my other friend, uh, J.R. Eldwick, and some other guys, uh, they they called me and said, you need to put that dog and grand him out and get him granted. And I was like, why? I mean, I see no point in rushing anything. He said, well, you just need to get it done. Well, I got out there and I started uh, hunting him around, pleasure hunting some more. Well, April rolled around and uh, we had an RQE at our club over here at the Black Diamond Coon Hunters Association here in Southwest Virginia, and uh, which I become a member of that coon club, you know, after I got moose because I, like I said, I, that club was there, but I never know, you know, like I said, I didn't know anything about a coon club or being involved with anything like that. Well, that night I went to that hunt. Uh, they had 68 entries, and uh, I put Moose in there as a night champion. I hunted against three grand night champions, and uh, they were uh, all well-known walker dogs. And uh, that night as we drawed out, uh, we went to the woods. You know, I had no clue on what was going to take place that night. And uh, went out there and cut him loose, and, uh, man, uh, right off the bat, uh, I took first. I took second strike, first tree. He had a coon. The dog took first strike. He went on up the holler, and uh, he had a he had a coon. So we scored two coons there. We went to another place and turned loose, and the uh, dog didn't look too good on that drop. Then a uh, couple guys withdraw, and then it was uh, just me and two other fellers the rest of the night because their dogs drawed a lot of minus on that on that second turnout. And uh, with I, with that cast going on, I end up uh, with right at seven hundred plus points that night. And you know. I really, I wasn't doing the judging of uh, Josh Honeaker from uh, down toward the Tennessee area. Well, uh, actually, I believe he lives in Clintwood. He uh, he was actually the judge that night. And uh, he when we got back in the truck, uh, he said, you know what? I said, what? He said, you have probably won this whole thing. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, you've probably won first place. And I just sat there in that truck, and I didn't realize, I, I didn't even know what the score was that night. Because I was just striking and treating my dog, and I didn't even know what to score. And he told me what the score was, and man, I I just sat there in that truck and I just started crying. I mean, I really did. I had I was a crying, just tears of joy. You know, I was so excited. We started back down the road, and we got to the clubhouse. We was the last ones to get back, and uh, I walked in there and handed them that scorecard, and they walked in there to me. And they said, "Go get your dog." And I went and got Moose and come in there, still not knowing what was going on, and I won uh, first place that night that hunt and uh, that was probably one of the most uh, memorable uh, wins you know was that night just uh, 
that's competing against all of these local dogs that are coon dogs. You know, they're great hounds right here in this country. And that was just, uh, that meant a lot to me that night. Yeah, I can definitely see see that. I know uh, I've never won a, a whole lot competition hunting, but I did play six in a AKC World Qualifier with old black and tan dog I had, and I, I can still remember that cast tonight. You touched on something there, though, that just for a minute and go down a rabbit trail here. Do you think UKC changing that rule where you don't have to have that first place to be a night champion, you think that's hurt? hurt or devalue the night champion status a little bit well me personally you know i know what it took to, when i when i got into it after i learned but i mean it's a little bit more prestige you know i think the dogs that had the titles back then you know before the rule change now people don't look at a grand night the same as they did back then you know you had to you had to have them first place win and i, I think still this day i think it should be like that i mean that's just my opinion but you know the cast wins is still a cast win but i still think you need them first place wins i think they ought to have them first place wins before they can get them titles yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I had this conversation with another fellow last night, and we, we had the exact same conversation about, you know, them doing away with the first-place wins, kind of devalued the the night champion status a little bit. Anyway, just my opinion as well, and I think quite a few other people feel the same way. So, Moose put you in the leopard hound business. It sounds like he definitely put you in the competition uh, business. Uh, did you have other leopard hounds you were hunting at the same time? Uh, no, sir. Uh, I, I didn't know anything real. You know, I was still new to it and I didn't know, uh, really even where to go. But my, uh, like I said, uh, my, my friend, our JR, uh, he just kept on telling me, he's like, you need to start finding some females. You need to find some females. And, uh, he said, you got something special. Everybody in this part of the world, uh, country in here, they all know about it. And everybody was talking about how good he was because, you know, it was like, you need to start breeding that dog. And I was like, man, where am I going to find something at? You know, and uh, so really and truthfully, my goal was before I even thought about breeding, I wanted to grant him out. And uh, I granted, as far as I know, uh, I didn't because the, the print paperwork off that time, I think it was like a hundred hundred some dollars uh to go through ukc to uh see if they were the youngest uh dog uh that was a granite champion which i granted him out at that time he was uh two years old as a dual grant and uh i actually called ukc they said well you got to pay to have this done which basically i've done done my homework and i know he was but to get that certificate you know it costed a certain amount of money so after i got him granted out the goal was to start breeding and uh a friend of mine had a red bone female, and I, uh, the first dog I bred him to was a red bone, and it was an ex-bred cross. But that litter of pups are four years old. They're going on five. I know of one of them that is a Grand Night champion out of that first out of that first litter, and uh, several of them turned out to be really nice bear dogs. And uh, actually, there's a uh, three three that I know of three really nice coon dogs out of this first litter, and. Uh, one Grand Night Champion, rest of them are bear dogs. I found a female that was a half-mate to Moose, a guy in Gate City on uh, on her, Pete Barber is his name, and uh, we got talking, and uh, which they got the same daddy but different mommy. So uh, we made a cross there, Moose to her, and uh, out of that cross, that's where I, uh, a fr I had uh, a friend of mine up in West Virginia 
uh, Scott Little. He bought one of them pups, and uh, her name is uh, Black Betty. He started hunting her, and I got a male pup out of that cross. And he didn't suit me, and uh, but the guy that raised him, he wanted him back, so I gave him back. I gave him back to her, back to uh, Pete. And uh, my buddy Scott Little contacted me, and he said, "Hey, he said I've got this female a cranking. He said you need to you need to push her and see what you can get out uh, make out of her." And I met him, and uh, I got Betty, and I started hunting her. And within uh, four months, I took her from a, a night champion to a grand night in four months. Ma- uh, made her a grand show champion, a HTX champion, and plus I've made Moose uh, uh, when he was young too. I made him a HTX champion, and I think that. HTX title is probably one of the most important uh, titles a dog can have. Uh, I look at that a dog can go out by itself and tree a coon. So uh, that being said, uh, there was uh, some more people come, and I bred a few few leopards. I still hadn't found the the, the right caliber of dog that I was looking for as in a female to breed moose too for myself, uh, my personal cross. Uh, a friend of mine, we was at a mark at a trade day in uh, up in Tazewell, Virginia, and uh, there was a female up there. And needless to say, looked at her papers, and it was another half mate than moose. So me and a guy, we bought her. We went in halfers and bought that female, and we bred her, and she had some pups, and uh, I kept one and, and sold the rest of them, and. Uh, there was a there was two or three out of that litter made really nice dogs. A couple of them had some uh, accidents. I think they got ran over and uh, just uh, some bad licks happened. And the female that I had, uh, I sent her to my friend down in uh, Gate City, Mr. Pete Barber, and uh, he actually just granted her out this past this this past summer. She granted out as a Grand Night champion, and she's a really nice female, and uh, which that's another one out of Moose that's, uh, she, uh, she competed all against Walker Dogs, too, and, uh, you know, she really, uh, she's a real accurate, real accurate female, but she's not a wide hunting dog, uh, she's probably about a three or four hundred yard dog, and, uh, but she's very accurate when she gets treed, she's got the meat, so as that going on, uh, I had some more people come and breed some different leopards, and I end up, uh, uh, my friend there, uh, he had a, a walker female, he contacted me, and he said, uh, let's make cross on that dog, and we made another ex-bred cross on a, on a walk female, and that, it was a heavy, uh, river bend flag, and, uh, most of them pups, they turned out, and, uh, some of them turned out decent bear dogs, uh, I know where one is right now, a friend, he wouldn't take a farm in Georgia for it, I mean, I reckon he is a, he, he'll wriggle, I mean, he's a truck and tree kind of dog on bear, he is a top-notch bear dog, and, uh, I bred some, uh, dogs that goes back another walker female a guy contacted me she's a uh, old real old sacket blood goes back to that hammer and hank and uh different uh real old real old blood and uh, a friend of mine got one of them pup uh his name is uh that dog's name is uh rufus he's a night champion uh, night champion him out he is a hard hard tree dog i was actually on a, i was actually handling him on a cast one night and we was uh we was down on this farm and uh this dog he went this coon across this river and swim this river and uh, i mean it was cold and he swam that river went over and treat that coon and uh done an outstanding job and that night uh, that finished him out to be a night champion and uh as time goes on uh miss penny johnson uh from uh, michigan uh, she contacted me uh, she had been sick uh she had cancer. She contacted me one day as at work. It was in the fall. It was in the winter time. She said, "I've got this real nice female up here that I think you'd be interested in." And I was like, I, "We we started discussing everything and the process of getting 
this female. They had a cabin in Kentucky, her and her husband, Jim Johnson. And uh, they met me down in Pikeville, Kentucky. And I drove down there to Pikeville, and I picked up this female. And her name was uh, uh, Wicks Miss Camo Missy is her name. When I picked her up, she was uh, about 19, 18, 19 months old. And she had been raised in the house, hadn't really been outside hunting very little but she said she would treat a squirrel and different things and well when i got that dog home it took me about seven days to take up with her and it wasn't that she was just skittish she wasn't skittish she just took her a while to get used to people and i i i called penny and i said look i said i don't believe she's ever going to come out of her dog house i i don't think uh i said i really don't think it's going to work and she said just give her some time and she'll come around well a few days later she'd come around and she uh she took up with me and I took her hunting the very first night, and the thing about her was so much different than some of the other dogs that I'd hunted with, that she had drive. You unsnap her, she was gone like a walker. I mean, she was gone. I mean, just get gone. She didn't care if anything looked at her, went with her, or anything. She was just uh, unsnapped the leave, gone. And uh, she was a quick strike dog and a good tree dog. I started hunting her. Me and my, my friend, uh, Doug Dye, we was up our coon hunting one night. And she actually took a coon the opposite direction, and she got in a situation she she just she didn't get her track lined all the way out. Um, we was up there tree, and we had her tied up. My other buddy's dog was tree, and she come into the tree, and I just tied her back, and uh, I had never had her around a coon or anything. And uh, we shot out that coon, and uh, it was a lively coon, and uh, she got down there and. Uh, she got bit and when she got bit it set her back and it took me about four months to get her to even want to do anything and once i got her back on track uh, i actually contemplated on sending her back to penny because i just didn't think i just said there's too many faults i mean those you know for my standard there was just too many faults i sent her I, I i called penny i said look i said i just don't think it's going to work penny and i said i really don't and she said, well, just give her one more chance. Would you please give her one more chance? Which, you know, I really didn't know how sick Penny was. Uh, I knew she had cancer, and I just, I, but I really didn't know how sick she was at that time. And uh, I said, Penny, I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I said, I'll make a promise to you. I said, I'll make something out of her. I said, I'll do everything I can. And uh, I started hunting that dog, and I, I, I finally got her clicking and she was a doing great that spring she come in heat and i said i'm gonna breathe and uh, i said i'm just gonna try it and see when with that litter of pups uh when i bred moose to her uh she produced uh out of that out of moose breed uh i'm making that cross she produced three uh, uh one grand night champion and two night champions which they both have got wins towards being a grand night out of that litter of pups uh i started uh, seeing things uh just their ability, uh, their will to go hunting, not needing another dog to take them hunting, or uh, just their wanting to, their drive, you know, that drive that I that I wanted to see. I wanted to see that get gone because up here hunting, if a dog just hunts 300 yards to 400 yards, he's liable to not even strike a coon. They've got to get, they got to get deep. I mean, you know, it takes a dog that's got heart, it's got to have heart to get in the woods to find a coon up here. I mean, it's just the the train is so so steep and the coon are scarce well i kept one of them fe one female out of that litter and uh I, I didn't want to keep too many i hand placed them i put them all in hands of hunter 
I really, I wasn't worried about money. Uh, money wasn't the logic there. I said, I want to see these dogs get a chance out of this cross. I said, in my heart, I felt like this was going to be the greatest cross that I'd ever made. And, uh, as soon as I got them pups weaned, uh, Missy, uh, the mother of them pups, she uh, her uh, she got a fever. Uh, her uh, tits they sort of they just uh, uh, they just busted open. I mean it. She I mean I, I put medicine on her. I done everything I know what to do, and uh, she just uh, she passed away on me. I, I come home from work and uh, she uh, she had passed away, and I felt so bad. You know. That was the hardest phone call I ever made was uh, calling Penny and uh, letting her know what happened to Missy, and uh, that was really hard. I let her know, but I, but Penny, uh, but in that time, Penny had came in about uh, two weeks, two weeks prior to that, and picked out a pup, and the pup she picked out was Jewel. When we picked. When we picked her out, she picked that out. She said, you know, she said, I can't take care of this dog. But she said, uh, I want you to keep her and uh, make her something special. And that was my goal from that day forward when I when I got, uh, when we picked that pup up. And uh, we hadn't named her, and I named her. I told Penny, I said, this dog's going to be something special. And I started taking jewel hunting and seeing her develop. She, she didn't care what the other dogs done. She just went and done her own thing. And at that time, uh, she was about, I, I really didn't start hunting her much until she was about seven, six or seven months old. I sort of let them develop a little bit. And I just seen her ability. And she was eight months old, she split tree and uh, had her first coon from, from eight months old uh, on. I hunted her by herself. Uh, night after night after night i mean i hunted five and six nights a week sometimes seven nights a week i spent a lot of time with that dog and uh, her will and her desire it didn't matter what kind of track she got on she always put an end to it and when she put an end to it she had a coon she just had the drive ability of any dog i've ever seen in my life i mean she has heart and uh you know to have a dog to, that wants that's going to please you you know it's got to i mean it's got to have heart and then, you know, they got to love you just as much as you love them and you got to consider them. You know, I never got that dog out of the dog box. And I've heard these people say, well, my dog don't travel good. My dog don't haul good. Well, there's something off somewhere there for a dog when they don't do that. I've hauled her from Virginia to Illinois. She'd be in a dog box all the way up there, you know, stop, maybe use the bathroom, put her back in the box, keep her in the box till time to cut her loose. She's the same dog if I would have cut her loose right there to the house. I mean, she was identical. When I put her in her first hunt, I waited to, I, I didn't, I wasn't in no hurry to put a title on Jewel. Uh, that was the least thing that I was worried about because I knew she had the ability. I wanted a full-fledged coon dog before I even thought about putting a title on her. So I just kept on pushing her and hunting her and enjoying everything every second of it and i knew every bark she made i knew i, I mean it, it it was no hesitating when she located you treat her i mean you went to her and she had a coon and just very accurate never had her run junk uh, she was she never treated a possum she's uh three years old and i never had her tree off game of any kind and uh so we started uh i got back home from illinois and i decided i said you know i'm gonna put her in a hunt i'm gonna i'm just gonna go ahead and see how she does well i won I won, uh, I put her in five hunts and I won all cat, all five casts and I championed her out. I went to, uh, uh, leopard days, uh, last year and, uh, 
I've never had done the field trials or the water racings, and she excelled at that. She was just she was the fastest thing out there that could run that drag and uh, do it. I mean, I got jacked up on that. I mean, I'm telling you, if we had water races and field trials here, I would probably be the first one by at every one of them. I loved it, seeing a dog, getting to see a dog run a track like that, just in the daylight, and, and their speed, ability to just want to catch the game. I mean, it was just amazing. And I got involved with that, and uh, which I made her a field champion. And uh, I think she just needs a few more points to be a, a water champion. So I went ahead and HTX, put her in a HTX hunt. She's got five, uh, she's got five granite wins and she needs uh, three more and she'll be a granite champion. But she is a, she is really nice dog. So Hey guys, this is Jason over at the Coonhound Collective Podcast. If you're thinking about swapping to a different dog feed, give my friends a look over at ExtremeDogFuel.com. They carry two different lines. They carry an Elite and a Professional. The Professional has corn, wheat, and soy in it. The Elite does not have corn, wheat, and soy. Go over to ExtremeDogFuel.com. See which line and which mixture is right for you. Find a retailer near you. If you're in the southwest Missouri, northwest Arkansas area, you can't find a retailer and you want to give it a shot, Hit me up at the Coonhound Collective at gmail.com. I am a current dealer for Extreme Dog Fuel. I can get you price and I can get you dog feed. Again, go see my friends over at extremedogfuel.com. You won't be disappointed. The, back here about a couple months, well, actually it was back in November. Well, not November, I'm sorry. It was in uh, September when I was going to uh, Autumn Oaks. Uh, I, I've just been a little discouraged. and. Uh, trying to decide on uh how am i going to make the leopards better you know uh the the leopards need more they need more dogs like jewel uh and trooper there's a handful in the leopard breed of really good dogs and if you look on facebook uh, or on the leopard pages you you'll sort of see what's out there and what's being hunted and what's being pushed uh, there's some really nice show dogs and there's some good there's some good pleasure dogs out there. But to see this breed succeed and excel, uh, it's going to take more than that. It's going to take dogs getting in the hands of, hunter, of hunters that knows, like guys like you, that knows what it takes to make a good coon dog and not a mediocre dog. Uh, a dog that's got drive and stamina uh, that's that's willing to give you everything they got and, and win. You know, uh, and I was on that mission. Uh, uh, but I just couldn't find the females to, to even breed moose to. I couldn't find the male that I wanted to breed a jewel unless it was going to be a uh, immediate brother or a half brother. And, you know, I didn't want to put myself in a box to have to have that small circle. You know, I, you can only line breed and inbreed so much and then you ain't got nothing. You know, it's uh, it's something you got to think about. You got to think about that big picture. And I was there. I mean, I done see, I done see what they need, and uh, so uh, I've hunted with a few leopard dogs out of different different bloodlines. And uh, this last trip to Illinois, I called Mr. Steve Thomas uh, from Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, he came up, and we got to go hunting with. I've watched Bama on Facebook ever since he's been a young dog starting out. He actually trees squirrel and coon with him. Well, I got to go hunting with him. And uh, Bama is a type of dog, when you cut him loose uh, in a patch of woods, if there's 15 coons in that patch of woods, he's going to treat all 15 of them. 
I mean, he is a for real tree dog. I mean, he's accurate. His ability is unbelievable. I mean, he's a really nice dog, which my dogs are track-minded, and I believe their dogs are more, uh, I believe they got a, a, a better winning ability. Uh, the, they're, they're more Midwestern bred dogs, and they don't have to run tracks. Here, they have to work up a track to run and tree a coon. Uh, very seldom to see them fall dead tree uh, in the woods with a coon. You know, you they might if they're feeding on cherries or in acorns or oak trees eating acorns. Uh, they might fall tree, but ninety percent of them, you know, they're going to be hitting a track here. So uh, me and Steve, we went hunting that night, and I got to see his dog, and I mean, I got to see see him work, and I was very impressed. Well, he didn't get to stay the next night and hunt, and he went back home. You know, the whole time I was thinking, I'm like, you know, that dog right there, Crofty Jewel, I believe it can make a dog, uh, make some very unique dogs. And, uh, well, my, as I thought about it, I thought about it more. And I, when I got back home from Illinois, uh, I told my wife, I said, you know, I said, uh, I, I said, I'm thinking about, uh, I'm thinking about selling, uh, selling Jewel or, uh, selling half ownership of her or something to uh steve and uh I, I hadn't even talked to steve about it but i believe uh, you know in my mind i done know i know how he felt and uh i called steve up and we worked out a deal and uh i sold half interest to jewel to uh to steve which jewel she's in uh, iowa right now i really believe i really truly believe uh them crosses that's coon dogs to coon dogs on all generations on both sides of them dogs uh, they're not a sorry dog in that pedigree. Uh, it's just going to be a phenomenal cross. I really do believe that. Yeah, well, you know, the coon dog to coon dog thing is kind of what I always, in my mind, I always think you need to strive for. I know, you know, people outcross from here to there to, to maybe a mediocre dog to try to pick up something. But I, I think it's very important to try to stick, you know, coon dog to coon dog in the long run for sure. And I really like what you said there about, you know, the leopard breed, you know, that was one of my questions I was going to ask you was what, what, what could we do to increase the leopard breed? I mean, you pull up at a hunt and everybody's got a walker dog, uh, there and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I've hunted walker dogs. Uh, I believe you're hunting a walker dog some now and but I like to show up and I like to have something a little bit different than what everybody else has and i think you really touched on something there with with what the uh leopard breed needs to to, to kind of come up some from where they're at right uh i believe i believe wholeheartedly uh you know there's a comment popped up on facebook the other day about uh x breeding uh you know i have made x bred crosses well you know people has brought their dogs and i have crossed my dog to their dogs uh, have I seen any difference uh, compared to a leopard? Uh, not p- personally. Uh, I have seen uh, I've seen moose basically be bred to. Uh, they've been dogs show up, and you know they probably could not even tree a coon. You know, uh, it's most likely. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. And uh, out of them crosses, he'd still reproduce two or three, sometimes four. Uh, good dogs you know that could run a tree of coon but the only way you're ever going to see that goal of succeeding to have better dogs it's going to take breeding dogs with ability 
two dogs with ability. And, you know, ability makes capability. And then what you got to have, you got to have a man that's willing to hunt. I mean, he can't just, I've seen over time that people say, well, I made this accidental cross. This accidental cross happened. And, you know, I've seen breeders in the leopard breed making cross after cross after cross. And, and in six years of me being in this breed, I've not made no accidental cross. I mean, the crosses that I've made, I know what I was going to do. And then them dogs that they bred have disappeared. You know, it's like, where are they at? You know, they come out of the gate looking like they're going to be superstars, and then they just disappear. So something either, there's something's going to have to happen. It's going to take true houndsmen. It's going to take, like, years ago, I've done my research and studying on these leopard dogs. And years ago, you know, they had to be a certain age. They had to have a hunt test, which I've heard, uh, like, on uh, Ben Sheets, he done a uh, podcast here a while back. And uh, even some of them hunt tests was probably bogus, you know, just to breed dogs and to see dogs, you know, just creating more dogs. Well, that's the situation we're in right now. We're hunting uh, some of these leopard dogs that people are buying today. Possibly some of their generations back is four and five generations, maybe six generations that dogs that actually had ability to run and tree a coon. You know, you can say, well, I just got some different dogs that just the tree can you know, the breed. Well, them dog them females has got to have ability. I mean, I personally believe the females got more to do with it than the male. And I believe if you can take a female that is a powerful coon dog and you take a male that is a powerful coon dog and you take a male that's out of a female that's been a powerful coon dog and you breed back to that female that's out of a male that's been a powerful coon dog and you stack them bloodlines and them traits and abilities on top of each other you're going to create something but once you create them leopards you better think very serious about putting them in hands of a hunter and I mean, instead of thinking about selling them, you know, I feel more concerned about putting them in a hand of a, of a, I'm just going to be honest with you, to see them at hunts, to see them winning, you're going to have to put them in the hands of a, of a hunter. I mean, a true hunter, uh, a man that you see what's winning. Uh, the Walker dogs has blowed everything else off the map. And uh, you put them leopards in the hands of a Walker man, he's going to tell you if it's going to make or not. I mean, he's not going to he's not going to waste his time on something that's going to take it. Say, well, it's three years old. It might make next season. You know, time is too short. Uh, life is too short. I'm 37 years old. And, you know, I, I, I was sitting here and I've been thinking about this for quite a while. I was like, you know, here are these dogs is done created that what I'm looking for. You know, I want a leopard just as good as any walker dog because that's what you're going to have to beat. Uh, when you get to a final four, you can't say, well, my dog has done, uh, he's run out of gas. He's done, he's done weak. Uh, he, he ain't going to be able to go. Well, I'm telling you, it's going to have to take dogs that's got hearts like lions and that, that can run like a cheetah if it's going to keep up with them walkers and accuracy. And these walker dogs that's out here today, they're not slick tree and idiots. I'm telling you, they are accurate and uh, they are, you know, times has changed compared to when I was a kid hunting with these walkers. I had a guy comment on my uh, Facebook the other day about uh, like this walker dog on the hunt. He was surprised. He was like, uh, you know, I can't believe that walker's got a coon tree. I was like, man, you know, I didn't even reply to that. Like, 
I wouldn't even be packing a dog if it wasn't accurate. You know, accuracy is the most important thing. It ain't about how many trees you tree, you know, or circle trees. It's in plus points. And in plus points will win every day, every time. And uh, I hunted in a, uh, I hunted in a PKC hunt. We'll talk about these walker dogs. Of, uh, I don't know if you want to go in that now or not. But. Yeah, go, go ahead. I was going to, I was just fixing to ask you about the Z dog and uh, stuff. But uh, what, what you just said there was, I couldn't have said better myself. I, I think you hit the nail right on the right on the head there with with the breeding and what it takes to get a dog to to compete. You got to get them in hands of somebody that's going to give the dog a chance and and put him in the woods. But yeah, go go ahead and let, let's talk about Z and, and the Walker dog. Okay. Uh, right there before I get in that, I wanna I wanna clear I wanna say this. You know, bef- before I go. I, I haven't quit hunting leopards. You know, moose he'll be here till he dies. Uh, hopefully someday. Maybe I can uh, find the right female that I want to breed him to again. But until that time comes, you know, I don't see no no reason to breed him anymore. And that's just, that's my personal opinion. And, uh, you know, I would love to. I'd love to have another one out of him. But, you know, I've just seen too many, uh, too many things go wrong. And, you know, uh, I, and I know I love leopards and I have pushed hard uh, right now. Uh, there's uh I've done everything in my power to promote the breed and uh, put them into hunts and show up at hunts with them. And uh, I love them. Uh, they'll always be dear to my heart. And I'm hoping that I'm hunting dogs out of the, uh, out, of, out of moose or out of trooper and uh, out of jewel in the future. You know, uh, trooper, uh, I want to mention something about him. He is a, uh, he has got that drive. Uh, he's got that, uh, he's got that heart like his mommy had he's got that drive and that ability and he will hunt all night long i watched them out there uh, when i hunted in illinois uh, this past year you would actually have to pick them up uh, set them off of the tailgate at four four or five o'clock in the morning and uh when they'd hit the ground they was ready to go again and they got that drive they got that ability and i really truly believe that the right people can get a hold of some pups out of these dogs and really put the time into them you can see in the next next four and five years you will see the ability in the leopard hounds succeed i believe that but it's going to take like you said it's going to take hard hunters and people with uh time i mean it's going to have to take getting off the couch turning off gun smoke and hit the woods i mean it's going to you're going to have to hunt you can't uh, sit on facebook and think you're going to make a coon dog there because it won't work i mean it takes you you definitely told the truth when you said that you you've got to put the the boot leather in the woods behind that dog i know uh i just had a 19 month old black and tan pass away from cancer here last week and it was it was devastating for me because the hours that i had in with that dog i bought him from michael barnes at arkansas and the hours i had in with that dog from the time he was a eight week old puppy till he was 19 months old and passed away it's unbelievable and i think a lot of people get into coon hunting and think i'm gonna just you know get a dog and i'm gonna go out here and competition hunt i see these competitions going on i'm gonna go out there and hunt but it's it's a lot more to it than than that you, you got to really put the time in with the dog let the dog get used to you you get used to the dog and i mean i could tell you when that little black dog i could tell you if he was blowed up on a possum or I could tell you if he had, he was gonna have a coon when we went in there just just by way way he sounded, and it takes time like that in the woods. And you don't get that from sitting on the couch watching gun smoke like you said. You you get that from 
being out there in the woods with that dog every night. Right. And 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 tell you the truth, you know, you look at the money that's uh they're putting out here right now, sixty five hundred dollars uh for an inch feed. I mean, them guys ain't playing around. Them guys are laying out there for that dog. Uh I mean they are really putting the putting the time in. I mean they the, they wouldn't even think I mean, it's they're not they're not playing games. I mean, and and they're putting the time into them hounds. And I mean, it's it's don't matter if it's raining, snowing. I mean, it's out there. And I believe, truthfully and honestly, if you, if guys would do that with these with these leopards, you will see you will see them succeed. And uh, I've said that from time being. But you know, the the biggest thing is uh, jealousy, and. Uh, you know, uh, I'll mention some guy, a couple of uh, fellers' names. That's really uh, they they know what good dogs is. You know, like uh, Ralph Fuzznaker. He's he he don't just drive the hunts just to be. Uh, you know, he he believes in his dogs, his leopard hounds, and you know they get, he's got a good thing going on too. And uh, they're putting the time into him. And uh, Al McNeely down in uh, Georgia, uh, he's got a really nice female, uh, which uh, I think in uh, She's a grand knight. Uh, her name's Juice, and uh, they made a cross. Uh, they crossed the uh, trooper to, to his female. So uh, that'll be two grand knights, uh, top and bottom, and uh, out of grand knight champions. And that should be uh, that should be something to look at uh, to get a puff out of. I mean, I believe if people that's sincere. I believe if you're going to spend your money and your time, and you want to develop your time, and even though you know that they can be calls cool, in a, in in any in any bloodline, but I believe I take my chances on them dogs. And uh, but uh, going on towards the walkers and the well, the thing about it is, uh, I didn't really want to uh, when I when I uh, let Steve uh, get Jewel, uh, I didn't want to just let her sit in kennel. Because I was going to grand her out and uh, just start breeding her, because I think, like I said, the females got a lot to do with it. And uh, my good friend there, J.R. Ellsworth, he contacted me and he said he had his uh, nice young dog come and go hunting with. Him. Well, we got in the truck and we drove down on the farm and turned him loose. And man, he went in there and he slammed a coon. It was five, six hundred yards, just had a dying locate. I mean, he sounded awesome. I mean, walked in there, there he had a coon and recut him he went uh, half a mile and got treed and had another coon uh done an outstanding job and uh, we hunted him that week and i just i didn't see no faults i i'd say i uh i don't know how many trees i've seen the dog make i've only seen him miss one coon uh out of at least 70 to 80 trees and i mean that's pretty pretty good uh you know that fired me up uh, accuracy you know and uh I, these dogs are uh wipe out bread on the top the river bend flag uh, blood on the bottom which my buddy air he's been he's been breeding these dogs for a while uh, all the bloodline on the bottom side it's his original blood and i hunted with this dog's mommy her name's brandy and uh she is a one nice female i've always liked her from the first time i was in the woods with her seen her ability her hunting ability and uh i really uh, I, I like I said, I like I don't care how good the male dog is. Uh, I really look at that female. That female has got a lot. And right now I've got Z, and uh, I've got uh, some half mates to him. I've got a couple pups, and I've got a uh, six-month-old pup, and I got some 
a couple of 10, 10 or 11 week old pups. So right now I'm going to play with these walker dogs. Uh, not that I have this walked away from the leopards. I'm waiting for some new leopards to hit the ground. That's out of bloodlines that I know that I want to push and they should have the ability. And uh, these walkers, I don't know where the future is going to go, but I can tell you this. You, if you're going uh, to cut loose, I, I mean, you ain't going to pull up with a Chevette and uh, if you're racing a Ferrari. You know, you're going to have to have as good or better the Beetle. And uh, that's the way I see it. And I, I know what it takes to, to win, and I know you got to have something that's got it. And if it ain't got it, don't show up. I mean, uh, I mean, you can lose just as well as you can win. Every dog can have its good night or have its bad night. But, you know, if you put the time into it, you're going to see something succeed. And, you know, I believe in uh, giving it all. I mean, I, I'm not no halfway player. I mean, I wear out two sets of boots a, a, a year. I mean, that's called, uh, you know, putting time in. I'm like a junkie. I'm, I'm like Jason Darger says, when it gets dark, I start itching. You know, I, I get tore all to pieces because I love it. And right now it's cold and snowing up here and the coon ain't moving. They sort of den up here. So you're really just basically January and February, you're shut down. And you can't do too much. But if you catch one night around about 25 to 30 degrees and about three days after it snows, you can you can go out and tree one or two coons, but you probably uh, get a lot of den trees this time of year. But it, it all depends on how much time you want to put out there. If that dog needs condition, I've always said a good coon dog, I've heard people say, well, he needs some coons. Well, a good coon dog, you don't have to kill them coons. Uh, one a week, one a month. You know. Uh, I, I kept count. Uh, I, I hunted uh, almost a solid year without killing the coon to jewel. And she made trees after trees with coons in them. And all I do was pet on her and love on her. And I really do believe that. If you have to feed them, them coons to make a coon dog, you don't need a dog. And it's not bred in them. They, they don't desire it. They're supposed to love the tree that coon uh, more than having that coon in their mouth. I believe the people that wants to knock that coon out is the uh, hunter more than the dog. And uh, here you can't afford to go out and kill three or four coons a night. Uh, you can kill one and get by with it, but you sort of you sort of need to skip them coons. And uh, I mean, a young dog, I believe in knocking out a few coons uh, to young dogs. But I truly believe that if you give them you give them the time in the woods, and they know what they're supposed to run in the tree, and uh, give it them all. You know, I, I really do believe if you put these dogs in the right hands and people that are home, you will see them succeed. And that's just like all the other breeds. You know, I really do believe I've seen a big change in the Walker breed. I might be wrong. The jealousy level is, uh, you know, they're, the, the Walker and the English dogs has really succeeded in the past uh, five to 10 years. They have uh, started breeding for ability and they're not worrying about who owns what. They're breeding winners to winners. And them dogs, when they're doing that, they're creating more winners. And you sit back and watch. And if these other if these other bloodlines would uh, put the time into it, and and watch what everybody else is doing, and uh, get off that uh, soapbox saying, "Well, mine's better than theirs." Well, you're never going nowhere if you don't do that. You really got to work together. And if you work together, you can build that uh, wall. I mean, you can build that wall full of coon dogs. And I believe that in my whole heart. And I. And I, I like to see the leopard breed uh, succeed. I like to see it get better. 
but then again, it starts with me and you. And uh, if you can get if you can get ten people that I actually hunt and put the time into it, and not depend on somebody else. Well, my buddy won't go tonight, or well, that one won't go tonight. You got to go regardless of whoever wants to go, or if they want to go or don't want to go. I believe in, and I tell you something else. Uh, I've had people contact me say, "Do you know where a pup trainer is? Where a pup trainer is? Where I can get me an old dog to start a pup with?" I believe if you got the right bred dog, and it's bloodlines, it's where it's supposed to be. I believe if you let that dog get six, seven months old, start taking that dog out in the woods by itself, and that dog, if it's got it in it, you shouldn't need nothing to train it with. It should have the ability to go out there and run a tree them coons. Uh, I've seen it firsthand. Uh, you can start that dog by itself and you can see it succeed because when it learns, it's not learning from nobody but itself and it ain't picking up another dog's habits either. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, well, I will agree with you. I started a lot of hounds, especially when I lived in Alabama, just by taking them to old branch and dropping them out and, you know, I start walking with them and they run off from me. I cut my light off and let them do what they're going to do and you know, eventually that night you take them, you turn them loose, and they run off from you, and they end up with a coon treat at the other end. So I definitely believe that, that you are right, that, that that it can happen that way. I do uh, use a older dog from time to time, but I personally like hunting two dogs together is, is the main reason, and I, I want to have something that'll treat a coon. And, and I do agree you don't have to shoot coons to them. I, I, especially where I'm at, I do not shoot very many coons. Just if I got a young dog, I'll give a young dog a coon. But that old dog, she she don't need no coons. Uh, I just I don't have the coon population to be shooting them. Right, right, yeah, yeah. You you can sit back and watch your area. And know you you'll know what kind of coon population you got in the summertime. Uh, I I think I can train a dog. I, well, I don't think I know I can. I can start hunting a dog in the springtime. I have to drive about an hour, about an hour and 15 minutes to get to any good hunting. And you imagine doing that uh, through the summer months. You know, you got, you know, two hours to hunt. And, you know, I drive an hour. Then you get over there and you hunt for two hours or so. And then you got to drive that hour back home. And you're out two and a half hours of driving, uh, needless to say, and uh, trying to train dogs. Uh, but, I can train. I can do a dog more justice in the summertime than I can in the fall of the year, and it seems to me, uh, you know, the coons move better. They got better tracks, and uh, you know, I, I just love spending that time with that young dog. And and you know, a lot of people says, well, it's too hot. Well, I promise you, I would rather wipe sweat out of my eyes as freezing death. I mean, that's just that's just something I I, I hate cold. I mean, after working out in it all day, I don't like laying in it at night. And uh, it's just uh, the cold weather, it's pretty, it's just brutal. And, uh, but you know, uh, these dogs, uh, a dog uh, that'll go hunting, you know, you don't really, you know, you don't have to stay out there in the cold. You don't have to sit, you can sit in the truck and just cut them loose. Uh, we actually went there, me and a friend of mine, Chad Kennedy, he's got some really nice walker dogs. Uh, they're out of that South Stylish Rebel. Uh, bloodline one's a direct son and the other's a, a grandson and those walkers right there are some fine hounds up they they're really nice too real accurate uh, hard hunting dogs and uh, you know i've been quite pleased here lately to get the hunt with some different guys with some really nice dogs and you know 
it, it seems to me like that circle, uh, once you step out of that circle, it's a sigh of relief. You know, I, I swore off that I would only hunt a leopard hound. And, you know, you don't have to be uh, just biased of hunting one breed. And, you know, uh, if I can succeed with them, I believe I can succeed with anything because I was at the low end of the bucket, you know. If you can take something that's done, got a little bit more mixed into it with a little bit better, uh, sky's the limit. You know, uh, I I don't uh, – my goal is to be a world champion. You know, I, that is my goal. Uh, if you say it's not, well, you know, you don't have much of a goal. I want to be – I want to be the number one. You know, and, you know, I, 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 I know with the Lord's help, I can do it because, you know, uh, when you put God first in your life, which, you know – I've been, like I said, been raised in church my whole entire life. You know, I've strayed away from the Lord, not been where I needed to be. But in the past three and a half years, you know, God has uh, used me in ways I didn't think would even, I would even be possible. And, uh, you know, if you would put your faith and your trust in the Lord and you put him first, you'll be blessed. And, you know, I was, I shouldn't even have the dogs that I have today because, you know, I uh, I made my dogs my God, and uh, I put them dogs before my family. I put them before everything, and, you know, uh, technically, I shouldn't have what I have because I went about the wrong way, and, uh, you know, you got to put your family in there, and your family's got to be the, you know, got to be the main thing, and then, then the Lord, and, uh, but, you know, if you're going to give them your all, you know, you've got to make time for them hounds too. And you got to have a family that's uh, willing to work with you uh, to be able to hunt. And, you know, if everybody meets halfway, you'll succeed. And I believe that wholeheartedly in my heart. Man, I, I couldn't, couldn't have said any of that better myself. You are a hundred percent right. I think if you put the Lord first, he'll bless you. I think he's uh, definitely honored you. Uh, even though you, you may not understand why you have it, I think because you honored him, he'll honor you. It says that in his word. And I use that phrase from where the red fern grows on my kids all the time when they bring something up where the granddad says, if you'll meet God halfway, he'll meet you. And I, I, I truly believe that. Uh, I really, really couldn't, couldn't have said that better. And I really appreciate you, you saying that. And not that you need any accolades or anything, but uh, just if you didn't pick up on it or you don't know who Jason Keene is, uh, the jewel dog that he was talking about won the 2021 Perino Points for the Leopard Hounds. Is that right, Jason? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We won uh, We won high score in uh, Leopard Hound at uh, uh, Leopard Days, and uh, we won Queen the Hunt. The year before that, we won Queen the Hunt, and... Uh, I won King of the Hunt with Moose. Uh, that was in 2021, no, 2020. And uh, the only thing I hunted this year at Leopard Days was, this past year was Jewel. And uh, she, like I said, that was a great accomplishment. And uh, actually in uh, 2000 and, uh, in 2019, uh, I won uh uh, well, in 2017 with Moose, I won the World Championship, the American Leopard Hound. In 2018, I won the Prina National uh, Breed Winner with Moose, and I, I placed uh, third overall in the final cast. And then in 2019 uh, at Autumn Oaks, I won the National Grand Night Champion at Autumn Oaks with Moose. And, uh, you know, 
God has been good to me. I mean, I've been blessed beyond measure. And uh, these dogs, like I said, you know, I gave them what I should have gave them. I gave them the opportunity. I put the time into them. And I believe that other people would do that with these dogs. Uh, I, I believe they can succeed. But like I said, it takes it takes that meeting halfway. You know, just going out there shoveling, uh, shoveling dog crap and just giving them a little feed every day, you know, that ain't going to cut it. You know, uh, my dogs are all trained. I live right in town. I can drop the tailgate on these two walker dogs I got to the house or moose or whatever. They got a pattern. I can go let the tailgate down. They'll go get in the truck. I unload the tailgate and uh, open the tailgate, and they'll go get in their kennel. They know how to do that is because reputation. And you keep repeating something time and time again, it becomes natural. And, you know, that is, that's, that's, how, you, that's how they get good, you know. And, you know, I, I, I believe, I believe in that. Uh, I believe in hard work because nothing comes free. I mean, if you're going to succeed, it takes hard work. You can't, you know, I, I remember as a kid looking uh, at coon hunting bloodlines and looking at uh, the full cry, and I said, you imagine being in one of these magazines one time, just what it would mean to be in there, you know, and I've had opportunity being in, in their magazines. And, you know, I just sat back and say, you know, I accomplished something that most people just only dream about. And as a kid, it was a dream, but the dreams come true. But where do you go from now? And from now I see uh, in the future, if, uh, I would hope that the leopards will keep succeeding and keep getting better. But it takes everybody working together. Uh, the the jealous jealousy has got to uh, got to be put behind the past. The past is the past, and move towards the future. And uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna see better things, and better things are to come, I promise you that. But you know, uh, in the next few years, I'll probably be hunting a different hound. I I don't know if I'll stick with just walkers. I I will hunt anything that will run a tree coon and do it right. And uh, I, I really am thankful, and I have been blessed, and I really appreciate you uh, asking to do this podcast. Uh, it really uh, means a lot to me, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great opportunity. And uh, m- most of all, you know, uh, if someone doesn't know the Lord as their Christ, uh, Lord Christ is their Savior, you know, Jesus, that's the only way out of here. You know, uh, this world right now, uh, I've got friends— uh, that are sick and uh you know it's very sad when you see people that uh, are going through things in their life and it's very uh disturbing but right now you know our only hope and the only way out of here is through christ and you know uh, if they if someone doesn't know christ as their savior all you got to do is ask him to come into your life and repent of your sins and change your way and, uh, you know, that's that's what I've done for my life. You know, like I said, I was raised in church my whole entire life, and I still strayed away. And, you know, uh, but I found that path, that path. You know, uh, I, I, find, I one night I spoke at church, and uh, paths, you know, you watch it uh, in a field up here on these mountains. You know, they, they got cattle fields up here in these mountains. And uh, these paths, if you follow them paths, they lead to a water hole. And some words, you're going to have to have a drink. You're going to get to the lowest point in your life, and you're going to need a drink. And I tell you, uh, Jesus is that drink. 
and he will uh it will you'll never thirst again once you taste of that water but you know this is a uh, this has been very emotional and you know i couldn't make it without the lord every day of my life and i appreciate you giving me this opportunity jason hey man i appreciate you taking your time out to to be on the coonhound collector podcast and i really appreciate you uh putting that out there about the lord and pointing people to jesus uh that's uh jesus has changed my life uh for the better for sure and uh this is uh this that's what it's about me and I, I love to be out in the woods i love to hear a dog bark i love to see a coon at the end of the trail but when i reach to the end of my trail i want him to say well done good and faithful servant and that's that's what that's what it's truly about for for me and for many people that i know so i really appreciate you saying that um well i think we're about shining the tree here do, do you have a uh coon hunting story you can share with us before we sign off yeah i'll, I'll tell you this uh this quick story here uh one night me and my grandfather my grandfather he passed away uh he had dementia uh he passed away uh been about four or five years ago and uh i remember this hunt uh i was about i 17 18 years old and we got all got together me and my uncle my dad he didn't get to go on this hunting trip and we it's back when uh we still had it my grandfather had an old blue tick at that time and uh we drove about i probably about two hours from the house and we left pretty early it was still daylight we got over there and where we was going this little place it's called uh rolling fork it was a national force. We drove up in there, and there was some big flat bottoms up in there. And we pulled up in this spot, and we parked the truck, and got out, and it was just getting dark. And uh, we turned the dogs loose. And like I said, we didn't have no tracking systems or nothing, and we was just gonna start walking off behind the dogs. And, uh, just a few minutes, I heard that old blue tick of his open up, and she went in there, and she she rode it over and started treating. I said, Papa said, well, she's probably got an old possum. We walked up in there, and she had three coons treed in that tree. We walked up there, and we shot one of them out. And Papa said, you know what? We've had a good hunt. We're going to the house. <laughs> we, went, we went back to the truck, and uh, we was actually in an old Bronco. And we drove that Bronco, and we started back out of there. And we got within about a mile from my house, and uh I'll never forget this. There was uh, three coons running across the road in front of the truck. And uh, that night, I said, imagine that. We seen six coons. That was just really unbelievable, seeing six coons in one night, you know. And uh, But we got to tree three, tree three of them. And uh, we got home, and, and that's one of the one of the last hunts I can remember going with my grandfather. He started getting dementia and got very sick. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's sad. But, you know, I'm going to carry on that legacy as long as I can. And I'm going to keep a coon hunting. And, uh, Lord, help me. You know, just give me strength. Yeah, I, uh, that, that's pretty cool there to remember remember your last hunt uh, with your grandfather like that for sure. Well, Jason, I really appreciate you taking your time out to be on the Coon Hound Collective podcast today. Uh, hopefully we can do this again and maybe uh, meet somewhere on the trail uh, at a competition hunt so I can uh, shake shake uh, your hand and, and really thank you for taking your time to be on here. Well, I sure, <clears throat> I sure appreciate it, Jason. And like I said, I want to say it right here, uh, I want to thank my wife, uh, Jessica Keen, and uh, my son, Corbin, 
keen for uh, putting up with me uh, chasing these dogs night after night. You know, uh, a happy wife is a happy life. And, you know, I, I hope I'm so thankful that she puts up with me, you know, because I couldn't do it, you know, without her support. Yeah, well. I'm in the same boat, man. My uh, my wife and kids, they put up with me being gone and hunting at night and, you know, taking my time out to do things like this. And uh, I really appreciate my family as well. It takes it takes a family behind you to, to really be successful at doing things like this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Jason, I sure appreciate you being on here, and uh, I won't hold you up anymore. I, uh, I don't want to take any more of your time up. I, I really appreciate you cutting out some of your time today to uh, spend it with us here and sharing your story about your hounds and, and your hunting. Well, I sure appreciate that. All righty. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Yep. All righty, bye. Thanks, guys, for listening to the Coonhound Collective Podcast today. We really appreciate you taking your time out of your day to listen to the podcast. If you don't mind, head over to Facebook and give us a like, and head over to Instagram and give us a follow. It's both at The Coonhound Collective. Also, if you would like to reach us here at The Coonhound Collective, you can reach us at thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. If there's someone that you would like to hear on the podcast or a product that you would like to hear talked about, please send it to thecoonhoundcollective at gmail.com. Thanks again. Have a great day.